Jesse Rogers here on ESPN 1000, sitting in for Pleck and Abdallah. They had the morning show today, so I'm in for the next 90 minutes. We have a bowl game tonight at 7.30. It's the New Orleans Bowl. So we'll uh, get out of here at that moment. Between now and then, though, it's just me with you solo. We'll take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. That's the number if you want to jump on. You might be stuck in some traffic as you start to, you know, get out of town or get out of the way of the snow that's coming we'll discuss that a little bit as well like what's your plan what's your plan between thursday and i guess really sunday at this point right because you got to hunker down wherever you're going to be snow the next couple days and then really freezing cold temperatures for the next day or two after that so through christmas it's really about the snow and the cold you've got to have a plan now saturday is taken care of because it's football NFL football on Saturday. You sit on your couch, you're going to watch football all day and night and then deal with whatever you have to do with Christmas Eve at that point, obviously. And then Sunday gets a little bit better, Christmas Day. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday is going to be very interesting in this city. 312-332-3776. So what's your plan? What's your plan for food? What's your plan for entertainment at home? Is it games? Is it TV? Is it Netflix? What's going on? Now we got an NFL game tomorrow night. We got the Bulls tonight, the Bulls Friday. So you got to fill up your time because you're not going out. Starting about 2 o'clock tomorrow, you're not going out. What's your plan? 312-332-3776. Again, Jesse Rogers with you on this Wednesday evening. Going to jump around a little bit. I actually wanted to get to a soccer point. Yes, still have some leftover soccer hot takes. Um, Waddle, and Silver were ta- Waddle and Sylvie were talking about it on Monday, and I, I really enjoyed their back and forth because they were kind of – uh, barking at each other about it. So I even have a soccer hot take. Um, and they, they kind of were talking around this point. I'll get to in a few moments, but they never hit the nail on the head. And I think there's a there's a point to be made after they were arguing about it during crosstalk um, on Monday. So I have a soccer hot take for you. I always have a Bulls hot take. I said it to Waddle and Sylvia a few minutes ago. The Bulls are a hot topic in my house all the time. What the hell is wrong with the Chicago Bulls. And as I mentioned to, to the guys a few moments ago, my ear, my my anger is really geared towards Billy Donovan. Yes, I am not a Zach Levine fan. I've said that on these airwaves over the years. I feel like he's got a little Jay Cutler at times in him, like not the biggest winning basketball player that I've ever seen, kind of like Jay. Like, I don't know if he's going to lead you to a championship. And, and, and so I have mixed feelings about Zach Levine. There's moments I like him, some moments I'm not a big fan. But But this time around, I'm focused on Billy Donovan. Why? Okay, you lost Lonzo Ball last year, midseason, and things went south. Hard to adjust when your point guard goes down. This year, you had the entire training camp to figure it out. And you haven't figured it out at all. I understand you have some personnel issues. That's on the front office. And I understand Lonzo Ball is out. But you had time. You knew he was going to be out. And you have played teams where their stars are out. Towns in, in um, Minnesota. Luka was out when you played him. Jimmy Butler was out last night. What is Billy Donovan doing for $4 million a year? It's not, he's not imploring them to play defense. And if he is, the message isn't getting through, which is even worse. Because I, I assume, I mean, I've heard him post game. I assume he's 
trying to implore them to play defense, and they're not listening. They finally did last night. I'll give them credit for that. But for the most part, they're not listening. They're not playing as a cohesive unit. There's been reports and stories about that over the last couple of days. That's on the coach. This is a player's league, right? But once in a while, coach has to step, step in and do something about it. Now, maybe he did. Uh, you know, and maybe last night's the start of something. We'll see. They take on the Atlanta Hawks uh, in just about a half an hour. We'll talk about it with you. 312-332-3776. Is anybody else upset with Billy Donovan as I am? I'd love to hear from you. But I also want to talk about the Chicago Cubs. That's the beat I cover for the station. I've done it for a decade now. Today was a big day at Wrigley Field. Dansby Swanson was introduced to the public, officially signed, did a press conference. Sounded great. Sounded exactly like the leader you want him to be. Long way to go for this team to be a championship caliber team, though, especially with a bunch of super teams out there. The Mets just keep getting better. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stars concentrated on a few teams. The Cubs just got one of them. They need more. But it's a start, and it's also a situation where they can compete in this division a little bit quicker than they would in the NL West or the NL East. And if things fall right, maybe even this season. And, on, and when I say if things fall right, They've got to have a healthy year on the mound. They didn't have that last year. That's number one. Number two, most of their players have to take steps forward. Most of the time, when you have a young team, a few will take a step forward and a few will take a step back. If they can get lucky and Christopher Morrell takes a step forward and Justin Steele takes a step forward and Keegan Thompson takes a step forward, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, things might work in their favor. But more than likely, some will and some won't. They need more to take that step forward than not because St. Louis is pretty much a fully formed division winner, playoff contender, though not a perfect team either. I don't think St. Louis has a number one starter in the truest sense. And I don't think the Cubs have a number one starter in the truest sense. I mentioned this on the air yesterday and on, on MLB network the other day. I don't think people realize this. The Cardinals starting rotation last year, their ERA with the addition of Montgomery and Quintana midseason was 392. The Cubs, with a mess of a rotation because of injuries to Hendricks, Smiley, Miley, and a few others, their rota- for the season, their ERA was 395. Very close. So I think on the mound, the way the Cubs have developed pitchers, they might be equal to the Cardinals in 2023. So check one off. Defensively, they might be equal to the Cardinals in 2023. Where they come up short, of course, is offensively, unless what I said just happens. They take steps forward, meaning, again, Morrell, even Suzuki, we're not quite sure if Bellinger finds his game. So there's a lot of ifs in the Cubs' offensive game. But to me, that's really the only place they're dramatically lacking compared to the St. Louis Cardinals, who, by the way, are going to need Arenado and Goldschmidt to repeat their first and second MVP seasons which isn't easy to do. And, of course, they had added Wilson Contreras, so there's offense they didn't have behind the plate, but they subtract those sort of leadership and defensive things that Yachty brings. But the Cardinals haven't done a lot more than that. So I do think they're going to be the favorite, obviously. I do think the Cubs can push them a little bit, a little bit. That's the beauty of the NL Central. But what I really want to talk to you about at 312-332-3776 is just kind of where are you with the Cubs and where are you with ownership? 
Were you one of those guys that was on the bandwagon, top four payroll during the heyday, then they stopped spending and you just were ripping Tom Ricketts and his family left and right, and now are you back on? Have you always had faith and this is just proving it? Is this not even proving it for you? They signed the fourth most expensive shortstop, not the first, not the second, not the third. They didn't sign Aaron Judge, right? They didn't sign Rodon. They signed money-wise, I'm talking, yeah, whatever it is, the third or fourth or, or fourth or fifth pitcher on the market in Tyon. Fourth shortstop, fifth starting pitcher. I don't know if he's fifth, but you know what I'm saying. He wasn't top tier in terms of the dollars. So I, I want to ask you where you are ownership-wise and, and just the state of the Cubs now that Swanson's in the fold. And there's still more to be done, but it'll be little stuff. Maybe it'll be Trey Mancini at first, but that would kind of be a one-year, maybe two-year type of deal as they test out Matt Mervis. Bellinger's one year. Yeah, there's, there's work to be done. There's no doubt. they still got to figure out another catcher. But just in general, where are you with Tom Ricketts? Everybody's waiting to spend, waiting for them to spend, and they spent. Is it enough? Were you mad? Are you happy? Are you still mad? It's it, 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 you know, All that stuff. I want to see where you are with the Chicago Cubs here in December. Whatever they do the rest of the way isn't going to be huge. We kind of know what this team is going to look like. 312-332-3776, the number. So we got little Cubs, a little Bulls. What's your plan as Snowmageddon is almost upon us? What's your plan Thursday night, Friday night into Saturday? What's, what's going to be your entertainment? Is, is it games with the kids? Is it the Netflix show you've been waiting to watch? Is it just whatever sports you can find? Of course, there's an NFL game tomorrow. There's the Bulls tonight and Friday and then all day Saturday. And has this ruined your Christmas weekend because of travel? So I'm, I'm curious, what's your plan for Snowmageddon? 312-332-3776 is the number. And this is left over. I know Waddle's in his car right now. So this is left over from Monday. And Waddle was right there because I am with Waddle on this idea of penalty kicks deciding the World Cup. It stinks. And for some reason, Sylvie was kind of discounting Waddle's opinion on that and saying it was a great game. Why can't you just love the fact that it was a great game? Because the problem is you kind of know what's going to happen if, if no one you know, scores that, that, extra, you know, that extra goal in, 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 uh, in extra time there. You, you know it's going to end anticlimactically in some ways. In some ways. Not that the penalty kicks aren't exciting, but I'm with, firmly with Waddle. It, it, knowing that's coming kind of was depressing. Like, I wanted to see them finish. And it, they almost did. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Argentina scored, then France scored, both an extra time. It was amazing. And Waddle was talking about it. He brought up hockey. He brought up hockey. And he said, well, see what they do in hockey. They take away the shootout in the playoffs. And so why can't they just play until you, you, you get a game winner or whatever? And other people chimed in and said, look, you can't do that. They're going to be fatigued. It's going to be terrible. Um, but the answer is the same answer as hockey. Tommy should have gone one step further. What do they do in hockey? They take an intermission. They play 20 minutes and they take an intermission. Then they play 20 and they take an intermission. That's what they should be doing in soccer. They, too, they do take a, a, a short break between regulation and extra time. Okay, so you play 30 minutes, 
give them a rest for 15 or 20, and then you play another 30. Now, maybe the second 30 is um, sudden death, or the third 30 is sudden death. But why not give them a break in between a little bit? So you do still get some good soccer. They're not completely fatigued and, you know, falling down left and right. Hockey players take a break, and they'll play for another four hours. We could do the same thing in soccer or at least play a couple 30-minute sessions like that, then go to um, uh, sudden death, although sudden death, you know, then you, you know, both teams could be playing conservative the whole time. So I get that sudden death doesn't necessarily work, but I say you just take a break like the hockey players do and have that extra intermission. You think I'm crazy? 312-332-3776, the number. You can uh, tweet me at Jesse Rogers ESPN. I'm sitting in for Bleck and Abdallah right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. Bleck and Abdallah, ESPN 1000, and now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2. Just a lot of folks that haven't fully gotten to know me yet. Um, my only priority and care is, is, is winning. Um, that's literally all that matters to me. Um, it doesn't matter. You can rank me four out of four, one out of four, a hundredth out of four. I, it doesn't, that part doesn't matter. What matters is my teammates, this organization and, and winning like that. That is who I am to my core. I know a lot of folks tend to say those kinds of things. That's just how I've always lived my life. And that's how I'm always going to be. Um, and like I said, that, 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 that's the reason that, you know, Jed and Carter, um, wanted me on board because that's just how I do things and view things. And I said, there's nothing to really say to anybody. Um, it's, it's about uh, the guys and, um, you know, what we're able to accomplish. There he is, the newest face of the Chicago Cubs, Dansby Swanson. He was on with Waddle and Sylvie earlier today. I was at Wrigley Field this morning when he held a press conference and he put on the jersey and they did that whole thing. And and you can trust him on that point. He cares about winning as much as any baseball player. I, I've been around in the short period of time that I've been around him. And I don't just mean today. I've, I've been around him in years past. And he really is all about winning. And, and, and that's great to see. And I think, you know, unless Jed and Carter Hawkins, who knows him even better, are just selling him a bill of goods, like this team is committed to trying to get better. Now, are they committed the same way Steve Cohn is committed? Probably not. Are they committed the same way the Pittsburgh Pirates owner, Bob Nutting, is? No, <laughs> they're better than that. We'll talk to John Greenberg, who, who's a Pittsburgh native, works for the Athletic at, at 7 o'clock. I wonder who, who he'd rather have owning his team, Tom Ricketts or Bob Nutting? You know, so, like, where does Tom Ricketts kind of land for you right now in the Ricketts ownership? 312-332-3776. I've never really wavered. I've never really wavered. I always thought they would spend again. I've always thought that he wants to win. I think it was a perfect storm of, 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 of things that went on as that last group kind of plateaued. They weren't winning. They weren't getting re-signed. They weren't having good years. And they didn't have anybody behind them. And that's Jed and Theo's fault. They didn't have anybody behind them. They weren't pe- you know, peaking. They weren't getting any better. So Jed did about the only thing he could do, he could do which is blow it up and start over. Now, Tom could have done one more thing. Tom Ricketts could have done one more thing, one other thing, I should say, and that is just try to buy a championship, which rarely works. So I'm not necessarily defending how they've spent or haven't spent, but 
I feel like there was a perfect storm. Now, I think they should have kept spending in 18, 19, and 20. But once they got to 21, I get the reset. I get the reset, and I get how they're trying to build things right now. So I think you could be more critical of, of, of how they spent in those last couple years before you know 2020, before the pandemic. But since then, I'm sort of okay with how they're, they're building this thing. And just think, if they paid Bryant, Baez, even Rizzo, because maybe he wouldn't have the same year if he was not in that ballpark in New York. Just think if they paid them, how, how critical people would be. So they made tough and possibly right decisions with those guys. And now they've reset things and are starting to spend a little bit more. Let's go to James and Gurney to start things off. James, you're on ESPN 1000. What's happening, pal? Hey, Jesse. It's a little Sylvie love for you there. Hey, I just wanted to say, you know what? I call a lot. So, hey, you know what? I'm getting, I'm sorry. 7371. I'm getting my own Christmas present from my wife at Target. Should I look at it, Jesse, or not? So wait, you're buying it. You're buying it. I'm at the drive up. She sends me the drive up. I'm at space 23 getting my own Christmas present and I'm not a, I'm a child, but I'm not going to look. Okay. We're going to move on. Don't look. We don't have enough surprises in life. Don't look, save it for the week. Probably, probably socks anyway. So I just want <laughs> to say I'm a man of faith and to hear Dansby talk about giving the glory to God is really cool. I won't dive into that too much because I want to disrespect people, but having said that, that's awesome. But I agree with you. I was just thinking, Jess, it's like looking at the, looking at the Mets and the Dodgers and all it, throwing money, at a problem isn't going to get you a championship. And I'm glad you think like that and you know it better. But I do, I do like these. I do think they need to spend just a little bit more. You don't necessarily have to go in 12 years and 200 for everybody and go miles into the, into the luxury tax. But I think they're closer, getting closer, some of this young talent coming up, the pitching staff. But keep in mind, Jess, I believe it was Detroit that had a really big second half last year too and then kind of fell, the bottom fell out. So I like what they're doing. I don't necessarily think they got to throw a ton of cash, but it'd be nice maybe to get another starting picture if needed or a really big bat. So I Dansby's, I'm going out to buy a Dansby jersey. That'd be the next jersey I buy. So I love what you do, Jesse. I think you do an outstanding job. I love when you fill in. And Merry Christmas to everybody, and uh, let's go Cubs. You got it. Thank you. Good call, James. Um, look, let's not get worried about the luxury tax or uh, the 12-year deals. It's, it's, it's not your money. They're making plenty of money. Okay? This is Steve Cohn's money. I, I, don't have, I don't have a problem with my owner spending too much or it, what's too much, really. I don't have my, a problem with my owner spending a lot of money as long as it doesn't hamper him in the coming years. And it doesn't sound like Steve Cohn's going to be worried if he spent money poorly because he'll just spend some more on the next guy. And the next guy after that. So I don't think anybody would complain if Tom Ricketts did that. Now, the problem would be if Tom Ricketts spent all this money now and then if things didn't work out in a couple of years and Jed stuck and Jed stuck, which is kind of, I think, what happened after 17 and 18. It wasn't working out and Jed and Theo were stuck. So it just depends on what kind of owner you have and the plan and the budget and all that stuff. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is the number. Let's go to Mike, who's driving on two ninety. Be careful, Mike. You're on ESPN one thousand. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Good man. So I liked your uh, point about soccer. I, I think one of the things, you know, kind of going along with hockey, how they do it in the regular season is they do a three on three, you know, in the overtime. Why not take a man or two away? Because when soccer the most exciting when they're able to get a guy on a free run and he's running down the sideline. 
I think that if you if you implement that and you take a man or two away, then maybe they put the onus on the team to like, oh my God, I might need I might want to finish this with full time before I have to make a hard decision of of which man do I pull off the field. You know, it, it, like it, it's funny, like oh, it's the most beautiful game around the world. Well, it's certainly not an American game because in our, in our there are major four sports. There's always an onus on how do you score more points. Look at baseball, taking away, taking away the shift, the making the bases bigger. UNFL, you know, let's protect the quarterbacks. You know, it's just everything's you know in NBA. Let's let's hit the three pointer. And it seems like they're the only ones that um, are fine with a nil nil draw for full time like that. England versus USA game, where after that, I'm like, what did I just waste my time watching? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Right. Most people that are listening to our voices would agree with that. There's the diehards that say there's the beauty in a 0-0 game. I understand that aspect of it, too, but I'm more on your side as well, Mike. Um, here's the thing. I, I think it's worth a debate, the idea of taking someone off the field and all that jazz. I do agree with you. Don't want to get too far away from the game that 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 got to got, got you to that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the World Cup final. And up until that point, there were 11 guys on the field for each team. And then all of a sudden, we're going to decide the final with 10. But to me, that's as gimmicky as penalty kicks, right? So I say try to keep it as, as normal as possible. And the only change to me is you give them a little break so they don't freaking pass out on the field. There's still going to be fatigue involved, which is part of it. Who's in better condition should play a part. But you give them a short little break every 30 minutes, a little bit longer than they, than they did before. And that's how you determine it. So but we're, we're, in the, we're, in the, we're in the right debate here. We're in the right space in talking about this. 312-332-3776, the number. You can tweet me at Jesse Rogers ESPN. I want to get to these Bulls, call, Bulls calls as the game is about to start in Atlanta. Don't go anywhere. Can they do it back-to-back nights? We'll find out shortly. Back in this is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. This is this is, this is Lucky and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. What most people don't realize is the the talent that's here and the talent that is continuing to develop here. Um, you obviously have some mainstay guys like uh, Ian Happ and uh, obviously Young Gomes. He hasn't been here for a long time, but he's been in this league for a while and has had a lot of success. And then the veteran presence of some of the you know the the pitchers with uh, Kyle Hendricks and. Marcus Stroman, and then you combine that with some of the younger guys like Keegan Thompson and, and Justin Steele and some of those guys that, you know, have really made good strides. It, it, it kind of starts to feel similar to past experiences that I've had of just you got some good veteran talent, some young guys that are really starting to perform better, and then you start mixing in, um, you know, a guy like Nico, uh, myself, and, and Cody Bellinger, and then you had Jameson uh, Talion, and it's like, wow. This is actually getting to be a pretty complete team with the ability to compete at a high level. That was Dansby Swanson today at Wrigley Field in his introductory press conference. What were your first impressions? 312-332-3776 the number. Jesse Rogers filling in for Bleck. And Abdallah till 7.30. We've got the New Orleans Bowl coming up at that point. So just an hour left in the show. We'll talk to John Greenberg from The Athletic at the top of the hour. Where are you with the Cubs? What were your first impressions on Swanson? And where are you with ownership? They spent. They stopped spending. Now they're starting to spend again. Is it enough? Is it too slow? 
considering the ticket prices. Give me your state of the Cubs as we go into 2023. I'm also talking about the Bulls here as they get ready to take on the Atlanta Hawks. Like I said at the top of the show, it's been a big topic in my household where this team is going, and I don't understand why Billy Donovan isn't getting a little bit more criticism. Let's go to Andrew and Elgin. You're on ESPN 1000. Andrew, go ahead. Hey, Jesse. Happy holidays, buddy. Thank you for everything you do for our city. When you fill in, you, you do a great job, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for holding, by the way. Yeah, uh, actually, you know, I was you know eager to talk about the Bulls, but you know, I've been pumped up all day about the Cubs, so I'm going to bring it bring it to you since I got the you know the uh, the the guy that knows everything about the team mainly. But uh, you know, I look at this, you know, it's like yeah, it's a one year deal for Bellinger. Then you got uh, you know you got Ian Happ, but the guys I'm excited about besides those two guys, you know, Christopher Morrell and then Swanson and Nico Horner. So, like, when you got those five guys right there, I think, oh, Suzuki as well. I like that right there. Then I'm thinking about filling the gaps now because I think our pitching is going to be pretty, you know, competitive. But, like, when it, when you fill in the rest of the holes offensively, is, uh, I mean, like, third base, first base, uh, you know, uh, catching. And then, like, uh, are, like, Ben Davis and uh, the guy that hits home runs, uh, Melvis or whatever his name is, are, are some of these guys going to play next year? And is there any, like, aces coming up in the organization that could pitch that, you know, are going to be somewhere to look outstanding for? Merry Christmas, Jesse. You got it. Thanks for the call. I thought you wanted to talk about Bulls role players, but I have no problem talking about the Cubs. A lot of questions there. I mean, Hayden Wesneski is going to get a shot. That's the guy they they got from the Yankees. Um, Is there an ace right there in the making? Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but you never know who's going to emerge. I mean, Justin Steele could emerge as a, as a as a top three kind of guy in the rotation. He was working his way towards that, and that is the beauty of being a fan and sort of growing with the team um, and watching the team grow. I guess I should say we we saw it in fourteen and fifteen, and you brought up some names. Yeah, I want to see what a you know, fully developed Suzuki looks like. I certainly want to see what a fully developed Christopher Morel looks like. I, I don't know. I, some of me, part of me, thinks sky's the limit. The other part of me is like, well, okay, super utility. Uh, you know, if he contributes into a winning team, that's good. I, maybe he's, maybe there's more there. I absolutely want to see what a fully developed Nico Horner looks like. He's just tapping his potential, tapping into his potential. So that's the fun of this thing. They have talent now, and it's starting to grow. And you want to know what they are. And of course, Matt Mervis is the biggest mystery of them all, coming out of nowhere last year. Um, hitting at all, you know, what, two, three different levels in the minors and then the Arizona Fall League, just dominating, um, putting balls in the seats like like Rizzo used to do. These are all great questions. Um, and that's the thing about competing in 23. There's still too many questions to think for sure that they're going to do that, that for sure they're going to overtake St. Louis. But could they make some noise if things fall their way? A lot more than last year. I never thought they could last year. Feeling a little bit better this time around for sure. 312-332-3776. What's your plan for Snowmageddon? Now, one of our best listeners, Jim Lexa, tweets me that I keep calling it Snowmageddon, but we're not going to get a lot of snow. Maybe it should be called Coldmageddon because it's going to be really cold. But, you know, Charlie Bevins, get on the mic. I, I, I didn't hear Tracy Butler during Waddle and Sylvia. I know you were, you were cutting up some tape, but there's been so many forecasts, six inches, 12 inches, 26. What is it? What's it going to be? Yeah, I, I, it's been, it keeps bouncing around. Here's my main takeaway. It's going to suck this weekend. Like it's, there you it's going to be bad. Like it's going to be cold and it's going to be snowy. And I think you raise a good question. Like how do you, you, obviously you can't go outside regardless of if it's snowing or not this weekend. So like, what do you do here? 
what do you do here? Okay, so I, I'm asking people what their plan is. So here's my plan. I kind of semi almost, unless the Cubs sign another big name, have the day off tomorrow, sort of, kind of. Um, so I'm taking my kids. We're doing one of those room escapes. And then we're going to lunch. And then we're hunkering down before it really hits. So we're doing this mid, late morning, middle of the day kind of, or, you know, uh, right, you know, lunchtime, basically midday, I should say. Uh, that's the plan for us. And then we're going to hunker down. So we've actually gotten out and done something. They love doing those room escapes. We never get out, though. We never get out. We never escape. We're always stuck in there. So that's my plan. So, Jim, maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. I don't know. But Snowmageddon just sounds better than Coldmageddon. Just flows a little bit better. Let's go to James in Buffalo Grove. I'm sure, James, I hit the nail on the head with all my soccer thoughts, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, But check this out. I was actually just calling to touch on two things real quick. Really, I was calling for one, which was the soccer topic. But then you talked about the Bulls, and I want to jump on that one real quick, if that's all right. Sure, go ahead. All right, perfect. So in regards to the soccer, first, the only thing, I love your idea um, of extending it out and getting rid of the penalty kicks. Because that, to me, is like the equivalent of having a field goal kicker come out and kick 40-yard field goals to decide a game. Can't do that too much away from the game. So instead, what about bringing the idea of, like, when you sub a guy out, instead of him having to stay out, he can come back in? Yeah, see, I would absolutely be in favor of tweaking all the substitution rules, which, full disclosure, I don't even know all the substitution rules. I think my son told me the other day they get six. I don't even know. But whatever it is to help facilitate what, you know, my idea – of playing longer, then I would do that because it substituting rules isn't that isn't changing the dynamic of the game like pulling someone off and playing ten on ten or nine on nine. That really changes the dynamic. But just adding more substitutions and all that jazz, I think I would do that in extra time. Exactly, perfect. And, and to me, it also improves the game because now throughout the game, players are able to max out more often because they don't have to worry about keeping some in reserves. So then, getting off of that and getting into the basketball. The Bulls need to blow this whole thing up. It was not going to work. It wasn't going to work. As far as signing Levine, I understand why they did it because you don't want to lose him for nothing. But now they need to sign him. They need to get rid of him. DeRozan, you ask him where he wants to go, and you send him to the team of his choice out of respect for what he's done. And then Vooch, you get the best that you can get for Vooch, and you move on. I think so I agree with up you. And listen to you and see what you got. Yeah, James, I think I agree with you. I've never been a Levine guy. Zach Levigerd, Max Levine, whatever you want to call him. I just haven't been, you know. You have your favorite, nothing personal. I've never been a Levine guy, even before this mess started up. Sylvie knows this. I've just not been that kind of guy. I was just never a Cutler guy. Um, so I'm with you. I think I think you you, you probably need to blow this up. And I, I, Sylvie and I are, are aligned in a lot of things, and this is one of them. I was a Vooch guy when they got him. I think Sylvie was too. And then all of a sudden, Forget about it. So I think that ship has sailed, and I've never been a Levine guy. Everyone loves DeRozan, of course. Let's go to Troy in Jefferson Park. Troy, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, pal? Troy actually just dropped as you were calling him. How about we go to Ben in Portage Park? Yeah, let's bring Ben on the on the, on the the air. Thank you, Charlie. What's up, Ben? Hey, hey, the better park right next door to the <laughs> Jefferson Park. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, listen, um, I don't know if you saw the end of the Knicks game, and the Bulls season is a complete – Waste of time. I haven't watched a game in a long time, but Derrick Rose got a hero's welcome when he walked mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And when he drained that shot, you would thought it was a game winner to go to the championship. So I think Derrick Rose should come back to the Bulls. It'll be interesting for all the fans. Um, he could mentor Io, one Chicago Public High School, 
you know, stud mentoring another and they're from competing high schools, the rookie and the vet, I think, you know, pretty much writes itself. And it'd be a great storyline for a year that's otherwise lost. Look, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that because it's just kind of like, like something positive, something fun, um, a good ending to his career or whatever. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that because at that point you're just – filling spots it's like the cubs a year ago or two years ago whatever it is after they traded everybody you just got you just need bodies at that point so if you blow it up sure bring rose back um get a little, little thrill out of out of him coming back maybe finishing his career um with the chicago bulls i don't have a problem with that i like derrick rose everybody likes derrick rose 312-332-3776 is the number you can tweet me at jesse rogers espn as well we'll take uh, more of your phone calls when we come back what is your plan for cold mageddon snow mageddon uh, for the storm. Let's put it that way. Back after this on ESPN 1000. When you're at home, don't miss Black and Abdallah. I got stories that'll raise the hair in your head. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Rather looking forward to it. Black and Abdallah. On ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. I've pretty much mentioned to everyone, like, being a Cub means more to me than people would realize. Um, it's no secret that I left my hometown team uh, to be here, and I've kept telling everyone that it's more personal to me. So Mallory and I got married December 10th. The next morning, we found out that my grandfather um, was not doing so well, um, that he was in hospice, and so we pretty much left our wedding venue the next morning, basically had to rush over to the senior living facility where he was at, and uh, we were, gosh dang it. So he ended up uh, passing away on the day after we got married. And the one thing that just always stood out was he lived across the yard from my parents and I and my brother and sister. And so every day when I would come home from school, I would run up to his house. I'd run in and pretty much like demand that he come outside and hit me ground balls, which he would always do. But every time I walked in, he would have a Cubs game on back when it was on WGN. He would have a Cubs game on, and I was always like, Pops, we're in Atlanta, dude. Like, we're Braves fans. And it was just something he loved baseball so much, and all he ever wanted me to be was doing what I'm doing now. So having won a championship in Atlanta for one of his favorite teams, we just felt that the Cubs, which were his second favorite team, that bringing a championship to this city was just what we have felt called to do. So to be able to play for two of my grandfather's two favorite teams means literally like the world to me. What a nice, sweet story by Dansby Swanson regarding his grandfather who passed away about a week ago just a day after he got married so so much emotion tied up into his life the last couple weeks and then he signs this big contract he's going to move to chicago obviously but wgn tv and day games is the gift that keeps on giving it really is now let's make no mistake if the braves had offered anything close to what the cubs are offering he'd be an atlanta brave it's his hometown he'd be an atlanta brave there's nothing wrong with saying that, but they didn't. The Cubs monetarily showed him more respect, a lot more. I don't know exactly what the number was, but the gap was really wide.
If it had been close, I think he would have been brave. Isn't the somewhat kind of ironic part about that story that that is also true for a lot of Braves fans? It's just because they were on Turner that they became Braves fans, even though they don't really live in the area? Yeah, the Cubs and Braves, more so the Cubs, but also the Braves, had national or have national followings a lot of times because, you know, older people now, you can't get the super stations everywhere now, right? But back in the day, it was all, all over the country. So, yes, there are Braves fans and Cub fans all over the country. And the sons of those fans become fans, right? And just such a sweet, sweet story. Baseball is so connected to moms and dads much more than any other sport. I'm sorry. I'm a little biased because I love the game. I've covered it for a decade now. But you don't hear too much. Or maybe I'm maybe I'm not remembering, but you don't hear too much about, you know, dad was the quarterback and threw me balls as the wide re- like that's not a common saying, but dad hitting me ground balls or grand- grandpa hitting me ground balls is a thing, right? Am I wrong, Charlie? Like I, you don't hear those stories and maybe you do in hockey in Canada, but I don't think if you do it in football down here or well, maybe basketball, but baseball is so connected to your mom or dad, much more than the other sports, oh, in my opinion. Certainly so. I mean, you know, not you know, not to get too personal here, but my grandpa recently passed, and anytime I would call him, like I would always call him anytime the Cubs signed somebody or had a really big win, and like this was the first time I was like, man, I wish I wish I could call about Dansby Swanson right now. I mean, it's a back very in, like big connection. Right back in the day, you weren't able to pitch, or, or you weren't you didn't have a machine that could pitch to you. You didn't have. Uh, things that you could, you know, basically work on your game by yourself. Back then, you needed someone to hit the ball to you or pitch it. You don't really need that in basketball. This is in all seriousness, right? You just go out and shoot hoops and dribble. Growing up with baseball, you needed a second person to play catch with, to pitch to you, to hit to you. That's the connection that Dansby had with his grandfather, who, yes, was a Braves fan, but also a Cubs fan. So there he is playing for his hometown team, winning a championship, and then getting really rich with his grandfather's second favorite team, and maybe possibly someday winning a championship as well. 312-332-3776 is the number. John Greenberg is going to join me in a few moments. And if you heard my um, conversation with Waddle and Sylvia, I mentioned this about an hour ago. Uh, John Greenberg writes for The Athletic. He used to work for ESPN, and I feel like he's still kind of an old-time columnist, like, Back in the day, you'd have columnists from the local papers, and I'm talking about two or three of them, at almost every local sporting event, and then they'd write a column on it, right? They'd all be at the Bears game. They'd all be at the Cubs games. They'd all be at the Blackhawks, the Bulls, and then they'd be writing columns. Now, when it comes to columnists, they're not at every game. That's what a beat person, a beat reporter does. Um, but they're at enough of them that, that you, you trust their opinion on these, on these local teams. John still does that for The Athletic. If you don't subscribe, subscribe just for John Greenberg. He does a great job. And just recently, he wrote about the Bears, the Bulls, and now today, Dansby Swanson joining the Cubs. I, don't, I haven't even read it. It just posted at The Athletic. So he's, he's moving quicker than I can even keep up with. So we'll talk to John Greenberg in a few moments, just kind of get the state of all these you know, losing teams in town, though today was kind of a winning day. For the Cubs, I'm using air quotes because winning a day in December doesn't really mean anything. But certainly it's a good day if you like all-star 
um, gold glove winning shortstops who can hit 25 home runs. Granted, there's some negatives to his game. The 182 strikeouts aren't something you you can, you know, you necessarily want to write home about, but he even discussed that and how he wants to sort of be, find some balance in his offensive game, which I guess every player is trying to do. Keep hitting home runs, raise your batting average, raise your, your ability to spray the ball, you know, not raise your ability, but um, uh, develop your ability to spray the ball around the field. That's the word he used. And he thinks he can do it. He thinks he can do it. So if you want to talk to John Greenberg about the Bulls, that game's underway, about the Bears. You wrote about the Eagles-Bears game. They got the big one this week against Buffalo. Not really a big one, but definitely a cold one. We'll talk to John about that and the Cubs and a little bit about the White Sox as well. So that's coming up. Just a half hour left in the show because we've got a bowl game for you. It's the New Orleans Bowl. Who's playing in that game? When I got it here. Western Kentucky and South Alabama in the New Orleans Bowl, pregame at 7.30. They'll kick that off at 8, and you can hear it right here on ESPN 1000. So we're back with uh, John Greenberg, columnist for The Athletic in a moment. Stay tuned. This is Jesse Rogers filling in for Bleck and Abdallah on ESPN Radio.